Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown podcast where we'll be looking back on the career of Diego Forlan with particular focus on the years he spent in Spain where he won the top scorer award twice with two different teams. I'm your host Jim McTeer and we'll be hearing from various contributors for this episode starting with Matt Clark. Here he is to sum up Forlan's beginnings and what he achieved before his arrival in Spain. Diego Forlan was born in Montevideo, Uruguay's capital and a city well known for being a hotbed of footballing talent. Forlan's ancestry also suggested that the sport runs in the family. His father Pablo was a Uruguay international who won the Copa America. His mother's father, Juan Carlos Corazo, was a player too and then became a coach who led the country to Copa America triumph not once but twice. So it was always inevitable that Diego would follow suit, right? Wrong. As a young child, it was tennis which stoked the young Forlan's fire, and he was very good at it. It was actually a tragedy which set Diego on the path to footballing fame. In 1991, his sister Alejandra and her boyfriend were involved in a horrendous car accident. Tragically, Alejandra was paralysed and her boyfriend died. It was this moment that changed Diego's path. With some encouragement and financial support from a family friend who just happened to be Diego Maradona. Forlan knew that ongoing medical care would be necessary and that there was far more money to be earned in football than tennis. So he changed course and headed for Europe, determined to make it as a pro and provide for his family. Unfortunately, trials at Nancy in France were unsuccessful and the teenager returned to South America and the youth ranks at Independiente, his grandfather's old club. After refining his craft, Forlan impressed at the Argentine club and started to attract attention from Europe. In January 2002, he was due to sign for Middlesbrough, but Manchester United's financial clout was significant and allowed them to swoop in at the 11th hour. He headed to Manchester instead of Teesside. Forlan struggled initially and failed to score in the league for the remainder of the 2001-2 season. The typically judgmental English press had already dubbed him Diego Forlorn. His first United goal came in September 2002 in the Champions League and was effectively a pity penalty as United had the game wrapped up late on. But the fans already adored his energy and work ethic by this point and cheered the successful spot kick as if it were the winner in a final. El Cachavacha had to wait until October for his first Premier League goal, a headed equaliser against Aston Villa. But then the shackles appeared to have been lifted. 
he scored the decisive winner in his next game against Southampton at Old Trafford, which followed the London bus rule. You wait nine months for your first league goal, then another comes along the very next week. A few weeks later, as December arrived, Forlan delivered his most memorable performance. Against rivals Liverpool, he scored both goals in a 2-1 win at Anfield to endear himself further to the supporters, a ground he would go on to have even more success at. Forlan scored six goals in the league that season as United were crowned champions. He featured less in the 2003-4 campaign, scoring only once in any competition in the second half of the season. He didn't feature at all in United's squad which won the FA Cup final in May. After his terrific run of form, when fans declared he had arrived as a United player, his confidence waned and so too did his form. The arrival of a young Wayne Rooney in the summer of 2004 realistically spelled the end of his time in Manchester. Shortly after the start of the season, he left for Villarreal. Despite only scoring 17 goals in 98 games in all competitions, he is still fondly remembered by the Old Trafford faithful, thanks to his unwavering work rate, positive attitude and that brace at Anfield. Fans still sing about that years later, with Forlan telling 442 magazine of his disbelief that fans still remember and serenade him about that game. So off he went to Spain in 2004, swapping the red of Manchester United for the yellow of Villarreal. Here's Paco Pollock coming up as he picks up the story by explaining how Villarreal and Forlan were a perfect match. Football fans now see Villarreal as one of La Liga's most reliable mid-tier clubs, able to compete quite consistently for European spots and with plenty of recognizable players in their squad. However, their situation 20 years ago was very different. They were a side who had just promoted to Primera División in 1998, got relegated one season later and finally promoted again in summer 2000 and were able to remain in first division for 12 consecutive years. Talented players such as the goalkeeper Reina, brilliant midfield Fielder Marco Sena or legendary attacking playmakers such as Santi Cazorla and Juan Román Riquelme were all crucial towards making such a little team to keep growing and even be very close to squeeze into a UEFA Cup final, but they got knocked out by Valencia in the semi-final. In April 2004, El Ingeniero Manuel Pellegrini was brought in as head coach, and one of his first requests was tapping into Diego Forlán's agents. It didn't take much for the player to say yes, hungry for a chance to shine in arguably the biggest league in Europe, Forlan was signed by Villarreal for around 3 million euros on a 5-year contract. Incredibly, Villarreal was able to make an effort and keep his Premier League salary untouched, making him one of the best paid players in the squad from day one. So, check out this lineup. Reina, Javi Benta, Arroba Reina, Quique Álvarez, Gonzalo Rodríguez, Juan Pablo Sorín, Riquelme, Cazorla, Marco Sena and Jose Maria and Diego Forlan as forwards, with Pellegrini on the bench. That season, Forlan exploded as a star player with 25 goals, tying with Thierry Henry for the Golden Boot and becoming La Liga's Pichichi. His teammate Riquelme helped quite a lot to the impressive display of the team with 10 assists that season, and Villarreal steamrolled through the competition until clinching the third place, their best season ever at that point. Forlan became a regular player for his national team, Uruguay, and would show his spectacular instinct for scoring in an even bigger scene. Villarreal 
Villarreal played the 2005-2006 Champions League and they were able to make it into semi-finals when again they were this close to getting to the last game. Only a penalty missed by Riquelme saved Arsenal from being beaten and sent Villarreal into a quite depressing end of season, ending on the 7th place in La Liga. Forlan, however, was able to score 16 on his second year and would again be back to business in his third and last season inside the jail of San Marin. His leadership and goals would be crucial for his club in the 2006-2007 season, winning the last eight games in a row and obtaining the fifth spot. Even though Forlan didn't play European competitions, he was able to score 24, making his total mark 65 goals in three seasons, stats which would eventually entice other big teams to try and make a move for the player. So already Forlan had one Pichichi award with Villarreal and he would soon add another and do so with another club. That club was Atletico Madrid who signed him in the summer of 2007. We'll hear about his Atleti years and about how he had some big boots to fill now with Sam Leverage. Next up for Forlan was a move to the Estadio Vicente Calderón to join Atletico Madrid and it came in the summer of 2007. Atletico Madrid were under Javier Aguirre, the coach, the now Leganes boss, and they just had their best season since returning to La Liga five years before. They registered 60 points, but disaster struck in the summer when they lost their captain, the talisman Fernando Torres. So it was a busy summer for the club and they wanted to bring in a top striker to partner Sergio Aguero out front and the man to do that was Diego Forlan. He joined for 21 million euros plus another 2 million in bonuses and it was actually a bidding war with Valencia that ended up with Atletico taking him and the deal was completed while Forlan was away at the Copa America but fans were already excited. He was one of a number of exciting signings for Atletico that summer with Jose Antonio Reyes, Simao, Thiago Mota all joining the club and they would go on to be crucial in the next few years and their success. And Forlan got off to a great start. I mean, he settled in very quickly and he's very much the kind of player that Atletico fans love to see, very much like the Simeone era that would follow on after him, kind of a precursor of that style of player, a player who really gets stuck in and and has a great work rate and wins the fans over very quickly. In total, he would score 96 goals in 198 games for Atletico. But the first thing that really made fans adhere to him was his debut season. He scored 23 goals, but more than just that, he was the star. He was the t- the man who came in and lived up to expectations, exceeded them, took up the role of Fernando Torres, the one that nobody thought anybody could ever replace. And he did just that, and it was their best season since they won the league in 1996 in that campaign, and it brought Atletico back to the Champions League, which was really kind of the end goal for Atletico, what they've been dreaming of for many years. The next season, on an individual level for Forlan, was even better. He scored 32 goals in 33 games, meaning that he won the Pachichi Award for the second time. And he's actually the last man who isn't Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo to have done it in La Liga and repeated the award win. At the time, it was something that was almost unheard of as well. The only two players who'd done it in the past 20 years were Hugo Sanchez, right at the start of those 20 years, Raul and Ronaldo, both of those from Real Madrid. And so it was a real rare feat in front of Atletico Madrid player to do it, having been at Villarreal previously, as Paco's already explained. It was a really incredible achievement and, and showed just what a talent the Uruguayan was in La Liga. 
The best moment of his spell at Atletico, though, was undoubtedly the Europa League win, that famous win over Fulham, Roy Hodgson's Fulham. But what was even more impressive than just the victory in that final was the run that Atletico Madrid went on and the role that Diego Forlan had to play. He scored six goals in the nine games that he played in that run and every single one of them was decisive. From the injury time winner against Galatasaray to the away goal at Mestaya against Valencia... And then he scored in both legs against Liverpool. First of all, getting that crucial win at the Vincente Calderon and then scoring the extra time winner at Anfield, which stunned the cop. And really that was kind of showed the importance of Forlan for that Atletico Madrid team. He was a player who was always there to pop up with an important goal when they needed it. And even in the final under Kike Sanchez-Flores, they didn't produce the best performance of all time, but it was two goals from Diego Forlan that got them the win over Fulham. The last one coming with just four minutes left in injury time. Tyler Seguero will chase this one down. Aaron Hughes trying to keep him out. Still Aguero, and he's worked it into Diego Forlan. That surely will be the winner in this final. Four minutes of extra time to play. It's Diego Forlan again. It was very much a performance that typified Diego Forlan to Madrid, a striker who never stopped running, he never gave up, even with four minutes left on the clock at the end of a long season, at the end of a long Europa League campaign, he was there to score the goal that would decide it all and bring the silverware back to Madrid in the red and white. So Forlan was already an Atleti European hero and he then went on to help them win the 2010 UEFA Super Cup as well. That was his last trophy in Spain though, as he departed Atletico Madrid in the summer of 2011. Where did he go from there? What more did he achieve? And what special moments did he have with his country? All of that will be coming up in part two after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. 
Hello and welcome back to this podcast all about the career of Diego Forlan. We've already heard about his success at Villarreal and Atletico Madrid, where he won the Pichichi Award twice. But what happened after that? Well, Forlan went on to various exotic leagues to finish his career, and Roman de Arquer is going to tell us more now. Diego Forlan left Atletico de Madrid at the age of 32, heading to another important European club. Inter de Milan. He made his debut in the second matchday of the Serie A as the first one was postponed. Something we're used to these days, but as you may imagine it wasn't due to any sort of virus, but rather a player's strike. The second one in Serie A's history. But his first match left him a bittersweet taste. Despite starting and scoring in the 90th minute against Palermo, his team lost 4-3. Shortly after, in the fourth league game, he played his 600th match in his career, but unfortunately lost 3-1 versus Novara and scored no goals. As a matter of fact, he would only hit the net one more time in that whole season at Inter. It was in the 26th match day in a 2-2 draw versus Catania. He played a total of 20 matches for the Italian side, just achieving those two goals. That would become his second worst scoring season in his long, long career. Forlan's best days were behind him, at least in European football, but not his goals. Approximately one year after arriving to Italy, he signed for Inter de Porto Alegre, experiencing a new adventure in the Brazilian league. He arrived halfway through the season as they have different schedules in South America and managed 5 goals in 19 games. In his first full season at the club, he was great in the Campeonato Gaucho, which is played at the start of the year before the Brazilian league takes place. He became the top scorer by netting 9 goals and leading his team to the title. His start to the Brazilian league was also positive, bagging more goals, but little by little his strength began to falter and his scoring touch began to fade. Seasons in Brazil are very long and demanding, and towards the end he was barely getting few minutes from the bench. His season ended with 36 games and 17 goals. Despite having another year left in his contract, Forlan made a move to Japan to play for Cerezo Osaka. He played 35 games and scored 9 goals, but unfortunately his team got relegated, being the first time in Forlan's professional career to go down. He decided to stay anyway and played in the J2 league, scoring 10 more goals until his contract ran out halfway through the season, which wasn't renewed. The next step in his journey took him back home to Peñarol, the Uruguayan club where he started playing football as a kid. He never made his debut in the first team, so it was definitely on his bucket list to wear that black and yellow shirt. And of course, he was given the number 10. And it was a successful season in which he played 34 games, scored 8 goals and won the National League title. Being 37 years old at the time, it was possibly a great moment to retire. But he decided to go on and extend his career by signing for Mumbai City in India. His team finished at the top of the standings but got eliminated in the playoff semi-finals. In the first leg, Mumbai lost 3-2 versus ATK, in which Forlan got sent off after seeing two yellow cards. In the second leg, a 0-0 draw wasn't enough to make it to the final, and that meant Forlan would not be playing again in India. He left having taken part in 12 games and netting 5 goals. The last stop in his long career was at Kitchi Sports Club in Hong Kong, the 10th team in which he played for as a professional footballer, taking part in 14 matches and scoring 6 goals, including his last hat-trick. But it would take him over a year after playing his last match to finally announce his retirement on the 7th of August of 2019. He admitted that there had been offers to continue playing football, but his mind was set elsewhere. Family and becoming a coach were his new priorities. And shortly after, he got his opportunity to go back to Peñarol, but as a manager. 
He signed for the club in December and then made his debut in an official competition on the 15th of February of 2020 with a 2-1 win versus Club Atlético Cerro. Since then, Peñarol have achieved two wins, one draw and two defeats among all competitions under his management. It was quite a club career for Forlan. Ten different clubs in nine different countries, with Spain the only league where he ever represented two teams. And of course, he represented them both so well. In total, the striker collected eight trophies during his club career, but he also achieved quite a lot of success at international level. To hear more about what he did with Uruguay, here's David Crackman, the man behind the Warriors of Uruguay Twitter account. Diego Forlan debuted as a 22-year-old boy for Uruguay against Italy. He came on as a late sub, like he did against Senegal in his second game of his career. But that game was at the World Cup, so it was quite a big stage. But he didn't shy away from it, and he scored. He scored a beautiful goal. Uruguay were already going out of the World Cup, but it was a sign of things to come. A big moment, a big um, summer of his career, obviously besides the one we are going to talk about later, <laughs> um, is the 2007 one. In the Copa America, um, Uruguay were knocked out of the semifinals in which Forlan missed the penalty in the penalty shootout. That's, that's a low moment for him, of course. But the tournament as a whole, he played amazingly. He showed his footballing qualities. He was 26, 27 years old, if I'm not mistaken. And he was coming into his prime. And he was, he was becoming a footballing leader for Uruguay, as well as a leader. Yeah, leader by example. Uh, of course, Forlan is a great footballer, but everything that he, that he transmitted to, to the fans is, is, is the way he was. It was a, he, of course, he, he put his foot out when it, when it was needed. He's Uruguayan, for, for God's sake. But, um, so that sound was big for him. He was doing well in club level and at international level, he was coming through as well. Then um, the qualification tournament for the World Cup in South Africa um, started. And Uruguay, totally in the spirit of the country, struggled, struggled, struggled until late. But then a big game came away at Ecuador against a direct rifle for qualification. It was 1-1, Uruguay were awarded the penalty, 93rd minute, of course Forlan stepped up. It was a big moment, you can imagine, for a country like Uruguay as well as Ecuador, World Cup is everything, we want to be there. And Uruguay didn't, weren't there four years ago in Germany, so we couldn't miss out another time. And Forlan, he took the spot kick. He, he blasted it into the corner with amazing, amazing power and precision. And, and I mean, that's Forlan as well. He was, he was a brilliant player who thrived under the big moments, who became a better player when the stakes were high. And then came South Africa 2010. I mean, it's 10 years on and, and we still look back at it as, as something which, which was lived so vividly, which was lived with so much emotion. And you have to remember that Uruguay arrived at the World Cup as the 32nd team that qualified. Um, so the last place team that qualified. Um, and also the bond between Uruguay national team and the fans um, wasn't like we, we, we see it now. Um, and it was all down to what had happened before at other World Cups or not qualifying. Uh, maybe the past players who didn't connect with the fans like, like we do now, maybe. Um, so it was, it wasn't like it is now. And this World Cup, um, it, it, um, it fixed it, uh, you can say. Um, if the, the, the country came, Game one again, and and uh, yeah, and Forlan was uh, the inspiration of all of this uh, with his goals, with his beautiful goals. Um, 
um, he led Uruguay to this uh, to this amazing run, which of course um, unfortunately ended in the semifinals. You see players, you hear players now say, if the game against Holland took five minutes longer, we would have won that game because that's what they were. They were always fighting and 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 against the team and Netherlands team with um, Snyder, Robin, Van Persie, you this that season probably were among the best players in the world. I mean. That's, that summer, of course, defines his legacy, uh, his Uruguay legacy, his, his, his legacy of his whole career. Uh, people still look back on it. People who are totally not related to Uruguay or don't even like Uruguay or whatever can say, yeah, that was amazing how he mastered the Jabulani. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, this is a summer we, as Uruguay, Uruguayans will never forget. And the thing is, we, Uruguay didn't win the World Cup, but a year later, we did win the Copa America. Portigosa pierde. Mira Arevalo. Gol de Forlán. Forlán, 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 Forlán. Cantalo, 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 cantalo. Si la cambia o Forlán, Forlán, Forlán. Cantalo, 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 campeón, 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 campeón. would have guessed it, Diego Forlan scored two goals in the final. I mean, uh, funnily enough, he didn't have a great tournament. Um, as a matter of fact, he didn't score uh, for the year for Uruguay. His last goal was at the World Cup. And then came the final in El Monumental against Paraguay. Um, Suarez was the star of the tournament, but Uruguay or Forlan was the star of the final with two goals. And, and it was a beautiful moment for him to lift the trophy with the Uruguay. Of course it was. As far as legacies go in the modern era, not many Uruguayans, if any, come close to Forlan. Um, what Forlan did for Uruguay is huge. Um, he was the player that probably started this new era, um, this new um, love story between Uruguay and and becoming competitive and, and winning again. You know, Uruguay, as we all know, um, was once the team the biggest team in world football and people will not maybe agree with this but Uruguay is four-time world champion and Forlan um, gave us a, a taste of these glory days again of course we didn't win the world cup no we didn't um, but Forlan made us compete again be competitive again and put us back on the map with his performances and I think him as a role model role model helps players like Faverde, Maxi Gomez, Bentancur, all these young players develop themselves. They see someone they can look up to. And Forlan was that man. A really successful international career then for Diego Forlan and it makes sense when looking at his family's legacy. Matt explained at the start of the podcast about the achievements of Forlan's family but let's let him explain it here himself as he beamed with pride during an appearance on Sports Burst on Being Sports. I love, it's, it's my passion, I, I love football. My family, everybody, uh, my brother played, my father played, my grandfather played. We know, I don't know if the people knows, but it's good to them to tell them that we are the only family in football, in, in football history, to have. My grandfather, two titles in uh, the two Copas America International. 
as a as a coach. Wow. My it's my it, it was my mother's father. Uh -huh. And my father has another Copa America while he was coaching his uh, father-in-law. Wow. And and I have another Copa America. So we have four Copas America in the same family comes in the blood so you guys there's no family in the world we are the <laughs> no. only family in the world that we have uh, those four titles well i think that's a fitting way to wrap up this podcast by hearing from the legend himself my thanks go out to all of the contributors we've had for this podcast to matt clark to paco pollitt to sam leverage to roman de Arcare, and to david crackman of the warriors of uruguay account be sure to give them a follow on twitter i've been your host jim mcteer and i thank you very much for listening